Welcome to the Sea Change Show, where leaders are changing business culture for good. I'm your host, Moore Barclay. If you are new to the show, welcome. I am so glad you found us and you did not find us by accident. Please take a moment. Stop what you're doing, unless you're driving. Stop what you're doing. Hit subscribe, follow us, review, rate, all the things. Please support this podcast so everyone has the opportunity to hear from these absolutely fantastic leaders who are showing us what right looks like. And if you are a frequent flyer, welcome back. And again, if you haven't already, please rate and review this podcast. I love your feedback. I want to make it better. I'm not, you know, this is this is for you and for me because I have the I have the distinct pleasure and privilege of having these conversations with uh, these truly remarkable leaders. And uh, that's that's for me, that's the gold, that's the pot of gold for me. And uh, I wanna make sure that it's, it's a service to you too. So please let me know if I'm missing the mark, who's gonna tell me if not you? All right, this is a special highlight episode. Today I'm highlighting the interview that I had with Scott Harris. And if you didn't check that out, that was on October 13th, episode 22. And Scott Harris is in real estate in New York. If you uh, haven't, if you didn't hear that episode, he, he has a brokerage and uh, he leads the Harris res residential team in Manhattan. And he has gotten his team, he and his team have gotten so successful that they are repeatedly in the top 0.02% of realtors nationwide. This guy's done over a billion dollars in business. That's billion with a B. And the reason I wanted to interview him is because typically businesses make a big DEI effort because they need to get alternate perspectives to make decisions based on their client base, right? Whoever's buying their products and services, if you have people of color, then you should probably have people of color making the decisions with you. Don't get me started on the metrics. It's been very well established that integrated or that's actually probably more appropriately diversified, diverse points of view on a decision-making team render better decisions always and definitely more fruitful decisions. I think I might have those metrics on my website. If you haven't gone there, morabarclay.com, check it out. I wanted to highlight one particular thing that Scott talked about, because I thought it was kind of unique. He, it, you know, I think we are all an expression of working out things that are important to us. And typically people came to their, their drives through childhood, either through things that happened they did not appreciate or things that they loved and want to keep going. In Scott's case, 
His folks got divorced. He grew up in New Orleans during a time when there were parts of New Orleans, uh, organizations in New Orleans where Jews were not permitted. So he knows firsthand how it feels to be excluded. And even when he went to live in Boston, and if you happen to see the art here, and I don't mean to objectify Mr. Harris, I say this as, as well-bounded as I can, he's an absolutely stunningly gorgeous white man. <laughs> and it's amazing to me that this man, and very talented and uh, well-spoken, well-educated, so he's got, he ticks all the boxes, he went to Boston and still felt excluded because it's very insular. And I just, I was kind of dumbfounded by that. I'm like, you're really good looking, educated white guy. How, how does the, like, how do they not roll out the red carpet for you? That's my bias, right? As a woman. So we had a little, we had a little joke about that. The thing that he mentioned that was really kind of stunning to me and definitely contributed to, and continues to contribute to his success is what he describes as an endless curiosity about people. Despite any setbacks, emotional setbacks that he may have experienced around belonging and around growing up in a divorced home, as many of us did, he still somehow retained an insatiable curiosity about people. And you can print money with that if you have a good work ethic. There is nothing more powerful than curiosity. And the reason that I wanted to highlight this is, number one, he, he obviously has a phenomenal work ethic. He has a humility about him. And because he grew up in New Orleans, New Orleans is, is a diverse place in a way that no other place in the United States is diverse. Because not only have you got white folks and black folks, you also have Creole, you have Cajun, and they're all their own thing. Seriously, go talk to, go speak with someone who's got a Cajun background and tell me if you understand a word. They have a way of communicating. And it's, I love New Orleans. That's what it, to me, is like the melting pot of our melting pot culture here in the United States. So to hear him come from, speak from that place and, and, and this quality of curiosity that Scott has really lent itself to his success. He did not know a thing about real estate. It was a thing he got into because the thing he was doing wasn't working. So he learned all these skills and he knew intuitively that he was going to have to bring on a, a team of diverse opinions, diverse points of view in order to have a fruitful company. Now, I want to make this clear. As I mentioned earlier, most companies do that because they have a diverse client base and it's just good business to have people who are reflective of the people they want to sell to in the decision-making processes. Even though we still don't have a majority of decision-making leadership teams like that, which is like, I, I kind of look around like, okay, metrics are important unless they're metrics that make you uncomfortable. And then we're just going to gloss over those. That's a story for another podcast.
So even though his client base, any of you who know anything about New York real estate, it's rich white folks, <laughs> almost exclusively rich white folks. And probably anyone who's not is like, celebrities and movie stars. And I remember Seinfeld talking about how the board, just so you know, like the, the level of elitism that is going on in New York uh, that I hear about, I've not experienced it. Well, I've experienced it a little bit through work. However, my understanding, I have it on good authority that a lot of these, these boards that that have to approve people coming into their buildings or, you know, the co-op board, I think it's called. I remember hearing something around Seinfeld trying to buy a house in one of these enormous buildings and the board were, I don't know if they initially rejected him or they were struggling because he's quote entertainment folks, right? So here's an extraordinarily wealthy white guy but he's an entertainment guy. And they're like, yeah, we don't know. You entertainment people are kind of sketchy. This is, those are the people. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scott is building this incredibly diverse team, just about one of everybody, because that's his comfort zone. That's what he grew up with. And he knows that regardless of whose who's, who's clients are, he wants to have a diverse team to service them. And it has worked out great for him because he is constantly on lists as one of the top real estate teams in the United States of millions of brokers. So he's doing something right. And it's a combination of comfort with diverse points of view, humility to be able to hear it when he's screwed up. And he, he talks about that on the podcast about when they confront him with his own shortcomings and what's his response, mea culpa. And thank you. That's servant leadership. That is very like ninja level emotional intelligence that he brings to the table. So you combine that stuff with curiosity, endless curiosity about people. So he's, he's going to be interested in you. He's going to be asking you questions. He's going to be engaging with you in an authentic way, which is very uh, attractive, or I should say magnetic as far as business is concerned. He's incredibly smart. He has a work ethic of, I don't even know what to, to compare it to. Incredible work, work ethic to be able to just throw himself into real estate and build this incredible business. He did it. So as I'm interviewing people, you know, and he's, this is a little bit different. I feel like real estate's kind of its own thing. It's not like he's working in a, in a massive organization. He's got his own team that he protects, right? This is one of those rare examples of when the client base doesn't even justify the diversity, but the CEO, the team leader knows the decisions need to be made by people from different life experiences. I just love that. And the fact that he is endlessly curious, that really serves him. So in conclusion, in co the context of building diverse decision-making teams, I understand that change is very uncomfortable and it also it's noteworthy that mental discomfort reads in the body as physical discomfort. 
even though you can't necessarily point to a body, a body part and say, this hurts like you would with an injury, the brain doesn't really differentiate between emotional pain, mental, mental discomfort and bodily pain. So naturally in a, in a culture where especially at the socially dominant group is not accustomed to, nor has the coping skills for being questioned, questioning themselves, being met with data that indicates that their previous worldview is no longer valid. That's very scary. That is some scary stuff. And I understand that is like the first step. That's the holy shit moment of is this, do we really have to change? Cause everybody's trying to go back to normal. I love the Scott Harris's story because it really speaks to the right, the, because it's right. And it's effective part of the story. Some people are going to be motivated by, you know what? It's time. We we've, we've had the floor by ourselves long enough. It's, it is really time. I see that I'm ready for it. I see other people doing it. I see their success. And now I feel compelled because it's the right thing to do. There are going to be executives and board members who feel that way. And hopefully they will listen to the show because there are best practices by other CEOs to help initiate these conversations and actually move the needle, even in the enterprise level. And then there are people who are going to freak out because they recognize that the way it's always been done, it's simply not going to be done anymore. And it, they're going to perhaps go kicking and screaming if that's the way they choose to respond. Or they could just be really curious about how can I, how can I harness this new way to continue to make an F ton of money and build the company and hire more people because there's $600 billion on the table that command and control squeezes out of every organization in attrition and loss of productivity. So they might be kicking and screaming about, well, we're just accustomed to that. We we're totally down. We would rather lose billions of dollars than change the way we do things. There are people who are going to feel that way. And then I believe there's people in the middle who are really uncomfortable, but they see the advantages because they're all about the business and they are ready to look at those metrics. They're ready to look at the divorce, diver diverse voices in leadership, decision-making metrics. They're ready to see the bottom line, the increases in the bottom line and the market, the market advantage. That is a pretty big culture shift. Curiosity is one of the most powerful ways to ease into any change. In fact, I would say it is the great universal tonic for the discomfort of change, curiosity. So <laughs> the moment that you accept that things are changing and you take all of that energy you've been spending resisting what is 
trying to make the world conform to you because that's what you've been taught to do, even though it's no longer working. If you can take a fraction of that energy and figure out in your brilliant mind, because a lot of these leaders, they really are really genuinely brilliant. Figure out how to get curious about this whole thing and be endlessly curious about how you can act in a way that clearly demonstrates that you care. How you, with the smallest amount of commitment as a CEO or a senior leader, can impact the entire organization with one town hall meeting, just one, <laughs> with one initiative that you are fully committed to, with one moment of discomfort that you recognize is the moment that you leave a generational legacy for equity and belonging at your organization. Getting curious about that? Well, now that, that could change the world. That is why I wanted to highlight Scott Harris. And that is what I would like to challenge you to, that when you are met with that feedback, that the way it's always been is not the way it's going now, is there any way that you can get curious about it after you've exhausted yourself from fighting it? Because some people need to fight it. I'm one of those people. I need to get my butt kicked sometimes before I sit down and go, okay, now I'm ready to listen. And at that moment, instead of just listening, I want to get curious. I'm encouraging you to do the same. Thank you again for listening. And I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Sea Change Show. We sure appreciate you stopping by and taking your very valuable time to visit with us. Please remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Who knows what's going to happen? I never do. It's always up in the air. And if you would like to be a guest, if you have something to offer, I would love to talk to you. Please email me at cultureworks at morabarclay.com. And that's M-A-U-R-A-B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. I would love to talk with you. And if you have someone who you think would be a good fit for this show, please reach out to me and connect me. I want to keep celebrating and amplifying as many of these voices as possible. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.